and welcome to the Remember the Girls podcast. I'm Emma Bliss, president of Remember the Girls and a carrier of X-linked myotubular myopathy, or MTM, a rare neuromuscular disorder. Remember the Girls is a nonprofit organization founded in 2017 with a mission to support and advocate for female carriers of X-linked genetic disorders. Our sole purpose is to provide collaboration, education, and growth to our community and spread awareness of X-linked women patients and their symptoms to the world of medicine and genetics. We do this by sharing our own personal journeys with you, along with many other brave women. Christy is a 41-year-old woman with OTC deficiency. She is a carrier, but also affected with this disorder, as you will learn from her story today. Christy lives in Pennsylvania and is an adoptive mom to a one-year-old little girl, and I love that she is willing to share her journey with you today in this safe space. Christy, welcome and hello. Um, I will be up for you to share your journey here now. <clears throat> okay. So my name is Christy, like everybody said. Um, <laughs> My journey is quite different because I don't know a different time of not having OTC. Um, I was diagnosed in the year of 1986, which seems like forever ago. <laughs> um, I was born a normal baby, five pounds, 14 ounces, completely healthy, passed every single test and milestone that they normally do, obviously. Um, around five to six years old, I got a virus of some sort, um, some sort of stomach gastrointestinal virus. Um, and I just never got better. Um, so after a few multiple trips to the pediatrician and he did some testing and he told my parents basically that he had been in practice for like 40 years and he, he was stumped and to take take me to a child, this specific children's hospital because something was very wrong. Um, so I went to St. Christopher's Hospital in Philadelphia um, at six years old and um, they ran a battery of tests um, after I know that they did like MRI, CAT scan, all of those things. Um, and a neurologist actually diagnosed me, which they didn't have genetic doctors then. It just wasn't a thing. Um, so I was diagnosed pretty quickly after I got there. It was quite interesting. He um, kind of, he told my parents that he took me apart like like a car. Like if it's, if we, if we test this part, we're gonna know it's this system. If we test this part, we're gonna know it's this system. And by luck of the draw, like, I was in the right place at the right time. I don't think that it was some special person that knew exactly what he had just ran the test and he ran an ammonia level and it was super elevated and ran some other tests to basically confirm the diagnosis. At that time, there was no genetic testing uh, or newborn screening. So um, we had always assumed that my mom probably carried it. Um, and I was a rather healthy um, child other than having 
with DC, like I, you know, pretty, pretty normal. I never really seemed to dampen my spirit too much um, until about high school. Um, high school, when I started going through puberty was a nightmare. Um, I don't know if that every OTC person will, will say this, and, but for me personally, and I know quite a few others, hormones and OTC are not friends. <laughs> um, it seems to just irritate those levels and the metabolic control. And that's something that you cannot control. <laughs> um, so my mom did think she was a carrier for a very, very long time. And I guess it was around my late twenties, I became pregnant the first time and had a miscarriage. And in that time, my doctor at the time decided to do a genetic analysis, even though it has always came back inconclusive. Um, so after, when it finally came back, I had already miscarried, but it came back actually like they found it. They found the mutation and it was a novel mutation. So it did not come from anybody. I like to say I mutated myself and I'm okay with that. It, I, it kind of made me feel better knowing that there was no one to blame. Like, um, so then as I got older and everything. I thought that I would be having a normal child, like the normal way <laughs> that people have children. Um, I was married maybe a year or two and we decided that we were going to start trying to have a baby. Um, didn't actually happen very easily. <laughs> um, it was quite a, I was almost ready to start IVF when I became pregnant past like a past a few weeks and around I guess it was nine around nine weeks pregnant um I went to the ER for not feeling well for my OTC and I did not come home for I went in in January and I came home in March um, so basically the rest of my pregnancy, I was inpatient mm -hmm. um, because they could not control my ammonia levels at all. I had a feeding tube. Um, I had the CVS test done numerous times because my organs were in the wrong place sometimes. Um, so initially we had the cell-free DNA done to to determine if it was a boy or girl um, and it was a boy and knowing if you know anything about X-linked disorders and OTC, um, boys are severely more effective. So I decided to go ahead and get him and get tested for to see if he was affected. Um, unfortunately, he was affected and unfortunately I had to make a really, really difficult decision. Um, basically, my doctor told me either that I wasn't going to make it out of that either. So you, I had to make a choice. Um, 
I was going to have a baby that was going to be very, 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 very sick from day one. And I don't even know if I would have made it to the end. So we decide, I always say that we decided to end a wanted pregnancy, a very wanted pregnancy. And we did that in March of 2017. And obviously that was a while ago. <laughs> um, it took a while to heal from that. Um, I have to say like, I'm okay with it because as a person actually being affected by OTC and I like, I don't get a, I know what it's like firsthand. I, I'm not just a carrier. Like I, I I'm full blown half OTC. I did not want my child to have to suffer like that. Um, so I don't have any regrets in that decision. Um, I know it's a sucky thing to happen. And I think that with, especially with OTC, I, only, I had only heard about positive pregnancy experiences before that. No one had a negative thing. And I, I think that's something that you should, definitely should be out there because it's not always a positive experience. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I was inpatient for, I don't even know how many weeks. It was, it just felt like forever. I mean, literally everybody that worked on the floor knew me fairly <laughs> well. I spent many nights in there, we snuck dogs in there. Like it, it was pretty, pretty bad. Um, and I really don't know how I got through it until like now I'm like always like, how did I even manage to like do what I had to do and get through each day, eating what I'm supposed to eating, supplements, all the other stuff. I don't know how I did it because even now I'm like, oh, why, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. Um, so about two years after that, um, we were pretty much ready to, um, go forward in our journey of becoming parents I'm quite quite stubborn I was like we're going to become parents regardless like maybe not the traditional way but we are going to become parents um and I always had a kind of a hopeful attitude towards it um so in I guess it was 20 28 the end of 2018 we were listed for adoption um and on I will never forget the date because it was the best day of my life. September 13th, 2019, um, we got a call that my, that my now daughter um, was in the NICU and was waiting to be discharged to us, that we were chosen. And I'm going to get a little emotional about this because it's, it's an open adoption, so I do know who our birth parents are, and the fact that they chose us is like super special to me, because you could have chose anybody, and you knew what I had gone through, that I still have this, and you still accepted that I was a good enough to raise your child. Like to me, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever encountered. Um, so my little sweet Madeline is about to be two next month, which seems like just yesterday she was my little preemie baby, but now she's two and full of sass. Um, 
literally she made me so grateful for everything I went through because I don't think I I don't think she would be my daughter if I didn't go through everything else if that makes any sense at all yeah it's a sad thing but it's also it finally came full circle and I encourage people not to give up like the traditional way to make a family is not always traditional, but like, what is that? You need to do what's, what works for your family. Yeah. I love that share. Thank you, Christy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for you, if you're comfortable to share briefly, um, what are some symptoms that you experience as a carrier um, that are common, but particular to you that you experience as a care, as being a carrier of OTC? carrier or a symptomatic right right we see we never call ourselves carriers we're right. like we have it yeah. um i i some communities say carriers some say manifesting heterozygote um in the otc world what do you cut do you just call yourself a patient of otc yeah we um unless you're not symptomatic unless you're symptomatic like symptomatic carriers call themselves just patients okay and if you're just a carrier and you don't have any symptoms then we just consider that a carrier okay Okay, so there is a distinction sometimes it's blurred a little bit Um, yeah like for someone like me who is like diagnosed as a child like I it's not like a carrier and I've had like multiple 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 hospital stays for that so like it's not just reproduction wise. <laughs> right. right. So as a patient with OTC, what are the symptoms that you experience? Uh, um, what do I experience? Um, sheesh. So I always say this and it sounds horrible, but like, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever explained how OTC works, but, um, Ammonia is is basically something that we cannot get rid of fast enough in our own bodies because we are deficient in that gene or it's mutated or however you're affected by it. Um, But you kind of go through the stages of being drunk, but you're not drunk. (laughs) And literally that's how a doctor explained it to me before. They're like, oh, first you'll get a little like, you know, wobbly or maybe a little slurred you know then you start like vomiting and all the stuff then you might pass out then you might be coming <laughs> um i have like i have like odd symptoms like i have i have vomiting i will say um i have um lack of appetite or aversion to protein especially when i don't when my levels are elevated like so even like, this is really funny, actually. Um, my husband obviously does not have OTC. And this is the only way I could tell that something was up. I, uh, he made hard boiled eggs and I already don't like them because they're protein. <laughs> and just the smell of it made me vomit mm-hmm. because I wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. So now like I make sure he's not allowed to make them when I'm home. So is your diet very specific? 
it's low protein. Okay. Um, it's very specific to me. Um, I will say that every OT seer and even your cycles in general um, have low protein diet, but what that is for each person is different and what medications they're on is different. Um, so like some people consider me on the higher end protein, but um, like I'm allowed 40 grams a day. Um, but my caloric in <laughs> recommendation is super high compared to some others. I see. Cause I tend to burn it off, like nothing. Okay. Um, and I take three medications. Okay. Do you have these symptoms every day? No, I wouldn't say every day. Like you definitely, you, the symptoms increase and get worse as you're having a flare or an episode. Um, it's hard to say, like, is it, as I've gotten older, it's hard to like, even my husband will tell you, like, as I've gotten older, sometimes I'm like, out of nowhere, I'll get hospitalized and it'll be like, I don't know, like 200. And he'll be like, how did you not know? And I'm like, it just like creeps up out of nowhere. Like, I think that our bodies just get used to it and we adapt. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in a few simple words, what does being a carrier of OTC mean to you? Um, hmm. <laughs> I wrote this down. <laughs> I actually did. Let's see if I can find it. Um, so being a carrier for me just means being proactive in my health um, because anything I do, with that is going to impact my daughter now also, um, now that I'm also a mother. Um, I never had to worry about that before because, you know, <laughs> it's just me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely something I think about and I try to take more control mm -hmm. so I don't have to be away from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is something you wish more people knew about carriers of OTC? Um, the mental toll it takes on you, um, especially like with uh, like depression and anxiety. Um, I had never really known that that was a thing until I was an adult. And I was like, um, like the depression and anxiety was like, that I was suffering from it. I was so restrictive to myself of what I could even eat because I was so scared. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> my doctor who I have now actually said to me she was like the fact that you made it 30 years without that is pretty impressive <laughs> like <laughs> she was like it's not it's not a fault like you have chronic stress all the time yeah there's a huge weight to being a carrier or a patient of OTC or any X-linked disorder yeah Plus the normal like stresses of life. <laughs> True. Um, okay, so have you been involved in any research efforts for OTC or OTC carriers or patients? I have been involved in a lot of research efforts through um, NUCDF, mm -hmm. uh, National Organization, National Urea Cycle Disorder Foundation. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I've, yeah, I've also done a few speeches at their conferences. Yeah. Um, I've been going to them since I was a kid. It's so weird now that I'm an adult. Awesome. Yeah, there's like literally like like people that have come up to me and like I've watched you since you were like a kid. I'm like that's weird. <laughs> that's wonderful though that that they can have that uh, like long term research. Yeah, that's one of the good parts of it. Um, unfortunately, the the NUCDF did not start until 1989, so I had already been on the planet a little while. <laughs> Um, okay, what challenges do you think our future will hold as um, X-linked carriers and patients? And what do you hope for the future for X-linked carriers and patients? Um, the challenges, I think, um, at least for OTC, um, for me, um, I'm terrified of menopause. Because uh, knowing my history of puberty and then pregnancy, I'm terrified <laughs> because they're all involved hormones <laughs> and we know that this didn't go so well. So, and there's not a lot of research that's been done because we are the veterans, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you hope for the future? Um my hope for the future um that we continue fighting for a cure or something more permanent to make it easier um transplant is definitely a, an option um, um, okay so if you could go back to before you knew you were a carrier what would you tell yourself i know you were young but uh before it all began what would you tell yourself i actually have a quote for this perfect um, don't wait for someone to give you permission to live a life you're proud of. I love that. And that is by Claire Wyland. Right. <laughs> okay. To end this conversation, I would love for you to give me your one word. When you think of remember the girls and the future for women carriers of X-linked disorders, what is the first word that comes to mind? Positivity. Perfect. I love it. Thank you, Christy, so much. You're so welcome.